Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? <laughs> NBA Strayer, how are you going? How you going? That's right. Bloody weekend, Strayer. What's going on? Jesus. That's right. It's NBA Strayer. It's Saturday, April 16. Don't say I never do anything for you. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes to whomever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in Larry Armour Studios. Hanging out. Wait, no. Chateau de la Studios. Because I'm in Lawn. You can see the beach right now. Wish I was outside having a swim bras. Anyway, that's why we're going to fang through this one so I can get down to the beach and hang out. Uh, either way, the playoffs are set and we're going balls deep, aren't we? That's right. Playoffs. It's all happening. Playoffs. Playoffs. There's a play-in party again today. We had the eight-seed play-in games. They were absolutely unreal gear. God, they were fun. Both close, both tight. Both probably uh, the teams that I expected to win got through, so... Uh, we're getting into all that in the NBA Australia game wrap, so we've got a juicy slab of that. It's not a knife, old mate, no mate, spud of the night, better than Lonzo Ball. We've got dickhead of the weekend. No, dickhead of the week. That's right, we've got some yeah, nahs, we've got popular opinion day. Outback takeouts, no Australian player, because no Australian player, watch, because there were no Aussies in uh, action today. We'll throw in a quick award. Don't know if it's going to be a gazy award or a shooter's award, a hammer award. So, either way, what we'll do to finish off today's show is we'll preview and pick all of the playoff games starting tomorrow and Monday. So all of the Game 1s across the next two days, uh, we'll be back on Monday, obviously wrapping up all of those, but we'll pick and preview all the series, all the games, at the end of today's show. And that'll be it, because it's Saturday. I'm going to go hang out with the squid, the missus. Off we go. Let's get into it. Episode 796 of NBA Australia. Bloody Saturday. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Ah, uh, you better. Well, you better watch out for the attack of the unseasonably deliciously warm weather. Down in Lawn. I swear there's been Easter's where it's just been bitterly fucking cold and rain the entire time. This time it's like sunny and warm and I'm going to go for a swim. Absolute chaos. Oh, bro, global, global warming, man. <laughs> Climate change is real, homie. Yeah, it is, and it's fucking not bad sometimes. The rest of the time, it's going to be fucked. Anyway, I can say the good with the bad. Right, let's get stuck into today's show, the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with a daily whip around. Boom. First cab off the rank, you can go read me. That's right, I've written a big piece for the pickandroll.com.au. Those legends, all their things, all Aussie hoops all the time. I just did a quick uh, regular season wrap for all the Aussies for them. Which is great fun. Awesome. Thanks for the pick and roll for uh, hosting that. Go check it out. And uh, like that'll be essentially what I'm going to be doing, I think, for our Patreon that we're talking about. So we'll get stuck into that at some point once I uh, get all my ducks in a row. But you can go get a taste of it. Boom. Off you go. Right. Big news. First cab off the rank. That's actual news. Paul George. That's right. Playoff P. Pandemic play in P. He skipped today's game because he's positive for COVID. How are you finding yourself in a position where you're going to get COVID in a crucial play-in win-or-go-home game? Paul, I mean, geez. 
<laughs> Look, now nah, this is always going to be fucked, isn't it? The health and safety protocols. If this was David Stern, that positive test would 100% have gone missing. Uh, you know that if it was the NFL, they just wouldn't have tested. And uh, away we go. But Paul George, so it breaks, what, many hours before the game that, yep, in the health and safety protocols, he's out for today's crucial Clippers game. And, of course, they lose. Absolute scenes there in L.A. Talking about that later. Uh, Luka Doncic, uh, the Mavs are listed Luka as essentially doubtful for the game against Utah and now basically out. Uh, He's going to miss game one at a minimum, possibly game two. They're going to reassess after game one, see how he's feeling next week. Uh, But obviously that was kind of the news we all expected with the calf strain. That with, what, five to six days since they last played, it was always going to be pretty tough to sort of get back from it and like get the big thumbs-up go-ahead. So there you go. No Luka for the Mavs in Game 1 against Utah. And meanwhile, other injury news, good news, uh, Steph. He's listed as probable for the Warriors against the Nugs. How good's that? Steve Kerr's like, yep, we expect him to play. We'll see how he's feeling tomorrow, but thumbs up. Nice. Uh, Other injury news, Zion. Enjoying this one. The Pelicans and Zion are having a uh, difference of opinion, apparently, about whether or not he's uh, healthy enough to play with his foot. Uh, Zion certainly feels like he's healthy enough to play because he's out there during pregame warm-ups doing 360 dunks still. A couple of windmills, and uh, to which, you know, you've got commentators go, like Reggie Miller, if you could do that, KF, you could give me 15 minutes. Shut up, Reggie. Anyway, uh, I'll talk about Reggie a little bit later. Uh, but Zion, he's like, nah, I'm good to go. And the pal's like, fuck, Zion, look, you're built like a brick shit house. <laughs> do some laps of the court rather than just do a dunk and then we'll talk. And, uh, of course, speaking of Zion and speaking of disconnect between the team and your star, how about <laughs> Kawhi Leonard enjoying this one? Uh, so he's unlikely to play in the playoffs. Uh, awesomely, in a surprise to nobody, uh, Kawhi's camp and the Clippers, the team, uh, were in disagreement, obviously, as to whether or not Kawhi would be able to play in the playoffs had they have made it in. They obviously didn't, so this is on moot. But I love this because it's like it's led to growing frustration between both sides. Everybody in the NBA is like, yeah, no shit. Who could have seen that coming? And the Spurs are like just shaking their head going, I don't know what to tell you, bro. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. All right, let's get into the game wraps from today, shall we? Game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps. That's right, the game wraps. Two playing games, the eight seeds to be decided, and both were rippers. Atlanta beat Cleveland. Cleveland! 107-101. Jarrett Allen came back from his busted finger. Looks like he heard it on a dunk later as well. Uh, enjoyed it, though. Go the throw, Jarrett Allen, coming out in Cleveland with his, uh, you know, Massive sweet hair. He's got his finger all bandaged up. Comes back from injury. Puts on a show. Is absolutely hype as fuck in the warm-ups. And the Cavs were as well. They absolutely started on fire. The place was just losing its mind. It was like, what, a 15-6 to six lead. Bunch of threes, Mobley and Lowry. Like They hit six of their first seven threes to the Cavs. They were forcing turnovers. It was like they played like a different team than the uh, team that played Brooklyn, right? They had Hustle coming out the Wazoo. And uh, they were, like, just not making dumb decisions. And, of course, it's handy when Larry, that's a girl's name, Mark, and is hitting a million threes. He went five of eight. Five of eight. It's 17 points. Unbelievable. They dropped 36 on the Hawks in the first quarter, up 11. Garland was immense. The threes were dropping. The Hawks, though, 
Look, they were just kind of waiting for the game to come to them, not really panicking. And they lose Clint Capella to a weird foul where he drags Mobley back. Mobley keeps falling and then sort of falls into his knee. Capella's just on the ground writhing in pain and uh, not ideal. But then maybe it was question mark because Trey Young goes off for 14 in the third quarter. They get the lead. But the Cavs, look, I appreciate them so much because they fight and fight and fight in this game. The Hawks tied up just before the end of the third quarter. Garland hits a massive three. Trey gets fouled. It's tied again. It's 84 each going into the fourth quarter. Absolutely insane. I think the uh, Cavs scored the first bucket, then boom. 11-zip run by the Hawks. Get them up nine. You're like, oh, there we go. This might be it. But no. Bloody love it. I love this Cavs team. Down the stretch, Trey was absolutely cooking, but Darius Rucker, Judy Garland was answering. Uh, Atlanta had a couple of times where it looked like they had it like, you know, that six-point lead kind of vibe. It's like they hit two more shots in this game. It's probably over. But the Cavs just pulled them back every time. It was a one-point game with one and a half minutes left. Mobley rattles in two free throws. Literally both of them just sort of somehow fell in. But right at the end, there's a huge steal by Huera, the Ginger Ninja, after Dunilugalunar. He turns it over on a steal. Huera steals it back. Trey gets fouled. They're back up five. 23 seconds to go. And uh, the Cavs right down the stretch. A little big, long Darius Garland three doesn't go. Mobley gets the ball, but he gets blocked. And yeah, it's fouls from there. And Atlanta pull it off. It was absolutely chaos because, I mean, as soon as Dellon Wright got out there and just went, oh, wait, my life's mission today is to absolutely ruin, ruin Darius Garland's day. And that's exactly what he did. And look, the Cavs hot shooting from three obviously didn't keep going because when you, what, hit 60 your first seven, yeah, you're not going to keep that up. I'm no math magician, but yeah, it's a bit hard to shoot six of seven from downtown for an entire game. They end up going 13 of 36, uh, which is pretty crazy because it was like Karis, my sweet baby, Karis LeVert hit a bunch at the end of the third. He and Trey were just going hammering songs. But you got 10 threes out of Lowry and Karis and three from everybody else combined. Pretty brutal. Uh, Garland had 21 points, nine assists, three rebounds, three steals, it's one of those ones where the shooting, he had five turnovers and he shot nine of 27. As mentioned, Dellen Wright just did a number on him. Just that slight extra bit of length and size just really discombobulated him. Like, he was being hounded out of drives, just basically pushed to the positions where he didn't want to be taking shots. Time and time again, one of seven from downtown from him. But look, you still got to appreciate Darius Garland's like super young and just the sheer poise and leadership that he showed in this game just to keep them within, like, striking distance, like, the entire time was pretty awesome. Larry finally showed up. You're good to see that. You love to see it. Larry, that's a girl's name, Mark. And in 26 points, 10 of 17, he shoots 6 of 12 from downtown. From the finisher. Eight rebounds. He was awesome. Karras had 16 and 5. He shot 5 of 13, but he did go 4 of 9 on triples. And just really, like, when this team is, like, Fully armed and operational. Karras is going to be perfect for this team. Mobley, same vibes. 18 and 8 for him. Five assists, two blocks. Did a little bit of everything. He is going to be an absolute fucking... He's already a fucking monster. He's going to be like a world devastating, like... What are those fucking things from Pacific Rim? (laughs) It's like, ah, make it Godzilla, but even tougher. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, so... That's basically what he is. 18, 8, 5, 2 blocks. Jared Allen, go the throw. Look, looked a bit undercooked. He hadn't played for a while. 11 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block. Gave us a couple of nice moments, but yeah. They needed him, though. 
he just gives them so much on defense. Uh, Kevin Love only played 10 minutes. He had three points, four rebounds. Okoro came off the bench for this one, six and five. And Rondo, that was an interesting 15 minutes where they were a minus 18. Just saying, spoiler alert, he might pop up again later. Anyway, um, just a weird year from Rondo. Just You could say that every year, basically, after, what, 2009. Uh, Hawks, only 9 of 31 from downtown, but they still shot 48.8% from the floor, uh, which is just one of those ones that they're like, yeah, they got to their spots. Bogdan was incredible. Trey just drive after drive after drive, just knows how to get the ball in the bucket. He had 38. He was absolutely remarkable. He's going to pop up again later. He also had nine assists. Just goddamn good. Bogdan Bogdanovich, amazing off the bench. 19 points. Shot the piss out of it. Six of eight from the floor. Two of three from downtown. Five rebounds, two assists, and three steals. What up? He was all right. Six of 11 shooting for 13. I think I tweeted out how he's like, he looks like he's about to sell you a boat. Uh, and you're like, yeah, nothing sketchy about this. You're like, this has definitely been used to transport bodies. Just saying. Four of 13 shooting for Gallo. 14 points, two of six from downtown. DeAndre. Hannah goes 0 of 5 from downtown. Gets absolutely obliterated by Evan Mobley. Still at 10 and 5. Uh, Okongu was awesome. He was a plus 21. And Capella going out, maybe just that one little thing where you're like, hang on a second, Okongu might be better defensively than Capella is already. I'm just saying. At least he was in this game where you're trying to chase around Mobley and Jared Allen, but... Yeah, he more than held his own, which I kind of loved. Anyway, uh, what else we got? Clint Capella, 7-8 and eight before he got hurt. Dylan Wright, that defense was unreal, but there you go. The Hawks just kind of... It felt very much a battle of the team who made an Eastern Conference Finals last year and a team who was kind of happy to be there. And the Cavs are young. The Cavs are full of gumption. Who doesn't love gumption? Gumption is awesome. But gumption sometimes doesn't quite get you over the top of experience, and Atlanta just had enough, and Trey was just fucking spectacular. Just put him on his back, off he went. Bogdan is the perfect running mate. Huerta, Gallo, Hunter, they did enough. Uh, Dallin Wright just being the stopper was just incredible vibes, and Okongwu stepping up. What a great game this was. This is without John Collins as well. God damn. Good job, Hawks. Uh, So Cleveland, Cleveland. Cleveland! They slip all the way from, what, a top four seed, middle of the year, Good news, you know, the good, the feel-good story of this season, essentially, and they slip to the eighth spot, and then they miss the playoffs altogether. People are going to be, oh, it's a bit unfair, but, like, at the same time, is it? It feels like they would have just been steamrolled in the first round anyway by Miami, whereas at least Atlanta have been fucking awesome since the All-Star break. Might put up a bit of a fight. So Atlanta, they snare the eighth seed. They're going to take Miami. It's a couple of, last couple of years' worth of Eastern Conference Finals there. That's pretty fun. So there you go, and that's the East. We're all set. Exciting times. And then the Pelicans and the Clippers. Pals hold on for a 105-101 win. This game was chaos. And it was always going to be. It's the Clippers. It's the team that just goes, oh, it's a pretty cool fucking 28-point lead you got there. It didn't be a real shame if somebody came back and took the fucking win. Uh, they do that all goddamn year, but... It wasn't quite 28 this this time, but it was, what, 16? <laughs> they came back. This was remarkable. Great start by the Pelicans. Spindles Ingram had 16 points in the first quarter. Uh, they looked on, though. That was kind of the big difference. Like, the Pels are just fucking on one. The Clippers are, like, at home in front of that weird Clipper audience, that Clipper crowd where it's like, we're just waiting for the worst thing to happen. 
happen. And then Paul George is not playing. You're like, well, I think that might be pretty bad. But like Reggie Jackson and Mook Morris kept them in it in the first half. They're only down 10 at the half. And then boom, that third quarter. That third quarter. But until then, actually, uh, Norm Powell in the first half, what did he do? What did he do? Oh, well, CJ McCollum was missing everything. But Norm Powell just went... Thanks, Norm. He went 3 of 11. Uh, And that sort of, look, Spindles only had two points in the second quarter, but a 10-point deficit at the half, you're feeling pretty good if you're the pals. Didn't matter. The Clippers just like, nah, don't care. Nice nice lead right there. Somebody call an ambulance, but not for me. Uh, Clippers just ripped it off. They fucking just bang, 9-2 to open up the first three minutes in the third quarter. Boom, Reggie Jackson's getting and ones. They get their first lead of the game since it was 8-6. to six. And the Pelicans just just looked horrible. Like they had these, they were taking rush shots. They were rushing everything. Bad turnovers, just bad fouls. There's nothing going right at all. They're throwing doubles at Spindles Ingram. So it's suddenly Najee Marshall launching threes. And you're like, oh, this is not good. It ends up as a 16 to two run. The Pelicans had one bucket in the first five minutes of the second half. They give up a ten point lead. Ends up being a 33 to 13 run. And uh, at that point, I think it's like a 20, 20 point to four point run in the first six odd minutes of that one. The Pelicans are a mess to the point where CJ McCollum was missing like back to back free throws. Like they were just shitting their pants everywhere. Basically, four points through eight minutes of a quarter, down 13. It's essentially ends up being a 29 point turnaround in the end because, yeah, they get down 13. The Pels are like, but we were up 16. It's like, yeah, this is just what the Clippers do, you idiots. The Pelicans finally remember they had Spindles Ingram. They hit, he hits a couple of settlers. But that was the thing for the Pelicans. They just couldn't hit a three. I think at that point they were two of 15 from downtown. They were missing every fucking free throw as well. But then an absolute reversal. CJ McCollum hits a bucket with two seconds left in the third quarter. Uh, it's only a 10-point Clippers lead, right? So it's a 20-point turnaround in the one quarter. It's a 38-18 to 18 third quarter. Absolutely insane. I think it's like 43-18 to 18 across the last 13 minutes of the game at that point. And so the Pelicans get a couple of buckets in a row. 6-0 run. They're still down 7. And it's like 86-74, I think, at one point for the Clips. And the Pelicans rip off an 11-1 run while Nick Batum is sitting. Unbelievable. So Spindles has a dunk. Trey Murphy hits a 3. It's a 2-point game. I think uh, Powell hits a free throw. CJ gets a 3. Tied game. 7.5 minutes left in the game. And then it's just... An amazing back and forth down the stretch of who's got the bigger nuts on this court right now. Reggie Jackson's like, I do. Mook Morris is like, I do. And then they're like, but at the same time, we're also Reggie Jackson and Mook Morris. Like sometimes this works, sometimes it doesn't. And today it did not work. Norm Powell, we could have used a little bit more from him. Uh, But the Pelicans just, I don't know. It was Trey Murphy hitting just insane threes. Larry Nance playing his ass off. Just getting rebound after rebound after rebound. A huge block. Mook Morris had like what felt like an open lane to the basket. And uh, Larry Nash just goes, nah, fuck it, boom. And then follows it up with a uh, off a miss, I think from Trey Murphy or Herb Jones. Uh, put back jam, four-point game, absolutely amazing. Uh, pretty fun, pretty cool. And holy shit, Pelicans, four-point lead. You're like, what just happened? What did I just see? How did this all happen? And it's like, yeah, 
The Clippers are still the Clippers. That's kind of it. The most cursed franchise we've got going. Trey Murphy hits another three, bangs a seven-point lead. Um, <laughs> it's like the three that he hit, like it just bounces up and in. But Norm Powell hits his own with three, uh, hits his own three. Covington gets a layup. It's a two-point game, one minute left. And you're like, this is why the fucking play-in games are awesome. This is for all the biscuits. There's a minute left. It's a two-point game. Three-point game after a couple of free throws. Larry Nance Jr. misses both with 19 seconds left, but Powell misses one on the other end. Larry gets another dunk on the other end. That's the game. It just sort of fell apart, just like the Clippers just couldn't score down the stretch, and the Pelicans did enough. Trey Murphy was found money, but it was like the sheer fucking hustle of Larry Nance Jr. and Spindles Ingram just getting some really nice looks. CJ just doing enough as well. They hold on for the win. They're going to take on the Suns. Exciting times. The Clippers end up going 9-36 from downtown. Only seven turnovers. 27 for Reggie Jackson. 27 for Mook Morris. 17-4 and four for Norm Powell. He did shoot 6 of 16. Covington goes for 14. Batum was just wildly important on defense. I mean, without Paul George, obviously, he'd be your sort of uh, other wing dude next to Batum that sort of can split that coverage. Same with Covington. Same, Maybe maybe not so much Powell, but... Um, and Batum was awesome, but, I mean, just couldn't hit a shot today. One of seven, over five from downtown. Like, Reggie Jackson was pretty bloody good. Nine of 22, two of nine from downtown. Four of 11 from deep from Mook. Just wasn't quite enough to get them over the hump, especially down the stretch. The Pelicans finally hit those threes late. Most of it was Trey Murphy. I mean, they hit six threes total. And Trey hit four of them. <laughs> he was four of six. The rest of the team would have been, what, two of 18. That, no, two of 16. Jesus, that is chaos. Anyway, 13 to 25 on free throws as well. They nearly missed half, they missed almost half their free throws. Spindles ends up with 14 to 21 shooting. He had 30 points, six rebounds and six assists without even taking a three. That's the DeMar DeRozan line there. 19 for CJ McCollum and nine to 24 shooting. He couldn't buy a bucket. All game, but then hit just a couple of big ones, didn't he? It was pretty good. Larry Nance, 14 points, 16 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal and a block. He was unreal. Oh, of 2 free throws, though. Just <laughs> You could see just the uh, turtle head happening as it was happening. It's 7 offensive rebounds, though. Trey Murphy, 14 points. He was a plus 26. Whoa, talk about a turnaround. Unbelievable. The weirdest part was, so Larry Nance Jr. just does a number on the Clippers' bigs without them really playing much Zoobs or Hartenstein. Hello. And you'd expect this is the perfect game then for my name is Jonas Valanciunas to dominate. Jonas only ends up with eight and nine, shot three of nine. And it's like, oh, well, Larry Nance just is that much more mobile, that much quicker around the blocks. And he did a great job. Jackson Hayes, two and three. Either way, Clippers, look. This is year three of Paul George and Kawhi. (laughs) They've made a Western Conference Finals. Otherwise, they're just giving up fucking draft picks for the rest of time and got nothing else to show for it. Meanwhile, the Pelicans are the eighth seed. And let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. (laughs) That's not a knife. That's a knife. Oh, you got to give it to the villain. That's right. Dick Dastardly himself. Trey Young was absolutely spectacular for the Hawks today. It's like every time it sort of looked a bit wonky, a little bit weird. The dude had 32 points in the second half. He had six points in the first half. 
just nothing was really going right. Ends up with 38, shoots 13 of 25, 4 of 11 from downtown, 8 of 9 at the line. He had 9 assists, 3 rebounds, 4 turnovers. The best part was the stat being thrown out there was uh, he assisted or scored on 43 of their 56 points in the second half. The Cavs total had 40. That's right, Cleveland had 40. Cleveland! Trey Young scored or assisted 43 by himself. That is absolute chaos. And uh, it was just magical. And I'm like, yes, this is what we need. We do need the villain Trey Young because the Cavs story is fun. They're awesome. I love them. But the villain. Give me the villain versus the Heat every day of the week. That's way fun. And, I mean, the performance of the night for the second game, it's got to go to Trey, Trey Murphy, wasn't it? I mean, seriously, Trey, you know, nicknamed Trey, and Larry Nance Jr. just changed that game completely for the Pelicans. While CJ McCollum couldn't get anything going, Spindles Ingram was being doubled out of the game, which was like really good uh, coaching by Ty Lue. Some might call him the Belichick of the NBA. Uh, meanwhile, Willie Green's like, we'll just pass out of the doubles, Brandon. <laughs> and it worked. Uh, but Trey Young, awesome. Trey, Trey Murphy, spelled T-R-E-Y. Uh, 14 points, 4 or 6 from downtown, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. He was awesome. And Larry Nance Jr., 14 points, 16 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal at a block. He was absolutely unreal. There you go. There's some approved performances of the night. How about Spud of the Night? Spud, 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 Rondo. That was a interesting 15-minute stretch of basketball where Rondo was on the court. Zero points. 0 of 3 shooting. 0 of 2 from downtown. Two rebounds, two assists, and a steal. In a game they lost by 6, he was a minus 18 in 15 minutes. That's a fucking disaster. Jesus, Rondo. Mate, what are you doing? And, of course, Tony Snell. He got out there. Which is about all you can say. He definitely, definitely got out there. Uh, 0 of 3 went Rondo. Tony Snell's like, that's pretty cool that you took some shots. No, really, that's pretty cool. Because I'm going to take one shot. I'm going to hit the side of the backboard in my four minutes. Go for zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, zero turnovers, two fouls in four minutes. Tony Snell is an icon. That is iconic. He went minus nine in four minutes and they won the game. That's all he does. He just loves getting in some cardio, does Tony Snell. That is unreal. So great job. Tony Snell and Rondo, just classic spuds in the night. Who's old mate, no mates? Old oh, mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Paul, George, just the jokes. They came thick. They came fast. They came flying, didn't they? Jesus. Uh, but this was actual, like, I mean, Paul, George, he just sort of walks himself into these jokes, really. I mean, all the shit that I give Paul, George, he was incredible in clutch situations over the last, you know, 12 months. Came up big time and time again for the Clippers in the playoffs. But all we need is the thing right now, which is Pandemic P. Finally succumbed to the COVID and missed out on a playing game. Uh, but of course, old mate no mate's actually going to be Clint Capella today because he's writhing on the ground, he's hurt his knee, and his teammates like, this fucking guy. Fucking have a sook. Jesus. They're literally just standing there going, dude, what? 
He's like, yeah, I hurt my fucking knee. They're like, ah, oh, get up. Definitely. Clint Capella, old mate, no mates. You might remember the same thing, basically. Yeah, but do we have in Houston? Uh, panting of the night. Very fat, 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 very, very fat, fat. Evan Mobley, demolisherated DeAndre. Hannah just came from out of fucking nowhere. Hunter's like, cool, I've got a sweet, easy buck. Oh, fuck, what just happened? He's just laying there crumpled on the ground, like run over by a Mack truck named Mobley. Um, who somehow slaps it off the backboard, gets to the ball in time. I don't know how he did it, but it was unreal. That was definitely a pantsing of DeAndre Hunter. Better than Lonzo Ball? <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you will get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, how about better than Lonzo Ball? I mean, Jose Alvarado going one of five in 17 minutes today, but I goddamn love Jose Alvarado because he had four points, four rebounds, three assists, and every time he was out there, something good happened. He was a plus 12 in 17 minutes. In a game, they won by four. That is absolutely awesome. This entire bench for the Pelicans between Larry Nance, uh, Jose Alvarado, and Trey Murphy, and uh, even Devontae Graham in his four minutes, he was a plus five. Oof. Talk about uh, missed opportunities for Devontae Graham there today. But uh, Jose Alvarado, I fucking love him. I just love his game. I love his hustle. And he kicks ass, takes names. That's all he does. So today, he's going to be my better than Lonzo Ball. We've got Dickhead of the Week as well. Dickhead of the week. Fuck me. ESPN, if you just want to hire dudes who don't know their ass from their elbow, like, I'm right here. Stephen A. Smith does a whole fucking game preview without knowing that John Collins is injured and is not playing for the fucking Hawks. He's been injured for ages. On top of that, Mike Wilbon is out there talking about Seth Curry previewing the goddamn Raptors Sixers series. You might remember that Seth Curry is, in fact, now on the Brooklyn Nets as one of the biggest parts of the fucking Ben Simmons-James Harden trade. In ca- well, basically the only part that's really been any good and any difference in any of a bit of a difference maker for the Nets on the court. Wilbon, Stephen, this is half of their fucking goddamn NBA programming. Wilbon and Stephen A, they don't know who the fuck's playing. Is it too much to ask who have commentators who know who the fuck is playing for whom? Seriously, what the fuck is that? Like, and this isn't, like, fucking bottom of the roster shit. John Collins has been injured for ages. Seth Curry was a giant part of a huge trade, and he's been playing for Brooklyn for fucking months. What are we doing? Fuck him off. Move on. Jesus. Anyway, not to get too negative, Legends of the Week. Look, massive, 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 massive respect to the Utah Jazz. Uh, they gave away 112 full-ride, full-year, four-year scholarships to students from underrepresented groups, and they uh, got to do it. So go watch the video for that. That's fucking gnarly. So love that. All right, let's do some yeah, Right, I've got this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some yeah, uh, Before we do the yeah, nahs, just remember, pickandroll.com.au, if you need to know anything, 
to do with Aussie hoops. They're literally all about Aussie hoops. They got everything you need. Go check it out. Pickandroll.com.au. Subscribe. Check it out. Always, uh, you know, giving shine to all the Australian talent out there, all the way across the world. Male, female, doesn't matter. Everybody. It's fucking great. I love pickandroll.com to you. And uh, obviously, you can go read my article wrapping up the Aussies in the NBA and their regular seasons. So, pretty neat. <laughs> right, so go check that out. All right. Yeah, Nas. Uh, number one, are you disappointed if you're a Cavs fan? Yeah, nah. Yeah. Because as I said, I mean, you're a top four seed for a big chunk of this season when you're healthy. And then the injury hits just kept on coming and it sort of just ends up sucking. You don't make the playoffs. But so you're a bit disappointed because you were right there. But at the same time, it's still a win of a season for the Cavs, right? Yeah, nah. Yes. Fuck yeah. I mean, to lose Colin Sexton, to lose Rubio, like to turn around and still just have this perseverance, like it could have been even more catastrophic how much the Cavs fell off, but Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, and Evan Mobley are absolute fucking studs. You know? Like, they're so good, they couldn't tank out of, like, how good they'd been so far because they kept staying good. That's remarkable. So, I love the Karis LeVert trade because, shit, you add another young wing to the mix. So, you've got Garland, Sexton, Rubio, Karis, Isaac Okoro, the bigs in, you know, not going to play like a big Larry. That's a girl's name, Markinen. But Mobley, Allen, you've got Kevin Love. You've just got a couple of old heads. You've got some fun young dudes, like... But I think the biggest thing to come out of this season for the Cavs is, like, there's hope. But, like, hope with proof of concept, right? Because, like, this year is proof of concept that this team fucking works. It's Darius's team. It's Mobley's team. Colin Sexton's going to have to deal with that or get shipped the fuck out. Whatever. Rubio, we know that he's a legend. So, once he, like, hopefully he'll come back from his knee injury and he'll be all right. But this is great because it's way better than theoretical hope, you know? Because... Where you hope it works. You're like Orlando. You're like, well, hopefully we'll get somebody good and it'll just work. Whereas the Cavs, like it's worked. They made the play-in already. They look fucking awesome. This team has got proof of concept. I love it. They're great. I think you get... I mean, our expectations are going into this season for the Cavs were pretty fucking low. And they've come out looking pretty bloody good. So I enjoyed that. Uh, can the Cavs... Uh, sorry, can the Hawks beat the Heat? Yeah, nah. You know what? If Capella's around, or if they're just like, fuck it, we'll roll with the Kongu. Look, the key one there is can. And I say, yeah, they can. Because we saw them do it time and time again last year. On their way to the Eastern Conference Finals, they beat better teams. Like, going up against the Knicks, and the Knicks win game one, it's like fucking over. Wait, no, did they win game one or game two? Yeah, either way. Hawks go in, just take the wind out of everyone's sails, off they go. They're feeling great. They're feeling good. Then they go and beat the Sixers. Absolutely insane vibes. They can take on the big dogs and beat them. That's what they do. They're not afraid of anybody. They've got Trey Young. He's the biggest villain of all. He thrives on that shit. And uh, the flip side for Miami, I mean, you're tracking down Trey Young with what? Big Budokar Lowry, who's probably, what, two, three years past being really able to go, right, fuck you, Trey Young. I'm going to ruin your shit. Now it's Trey's time, and Larry's going to be like, oh, God, I've got to keep up with him for an entire series. So can they? Yes. Will they? Yeah, nah. Nah. I think there's probably just a little bit too much going on for Miami right now. Too much shooting for the Hawks' defense. Uh, 
a big in Bam who can easily sort of take it to a Kongru or a Capella. You've got Butts, you've got Hero. I think there's just, and obviously all their shooters between Struce, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, even though he's been pretty shooty all year, they've just got someone who pops off. And if Hero's good, if Butts on the big stage is going to step up, I think they'll be all right. How about flip side? This is a horrible fucking ending of the season for the Clippers, isn't it, Jimmy? Yeah, nah. Again, it is, yeah. Because once Paul George came back, and even with Paul George throughout this season, they were kind of like, you know, treading along going, no, we're okay, we're okay. Then he goes out. It's like, oh, shit. But they hold on because Ty Lue's a pretty bloody good coach. The Belichick of the NBA. Settle down. And uh, they were fun. They were good. Well, and when I say fun, they weren't that fun. They were just good. They were veterany. They were heady. They had some good young dudes here and there. But sort of down the stretch, they just didn't quite have enough. You know, no Luke, no Duckman Luke Kennard. No Paul George today. It's just like, oh, a bit tough. But as I said earlier, three years with Paul George and Kawhi. <laughs> You're out a million fucking draft picks. You're up shit creek. I don't know. You got to come away from this year going, shit. Like, even a first round exit would have been all right. But to get knocked off in the playing tournament, by then, by Minnesota and then the Pelicans, two younger, better teams at this point. It's pretty rough. Speaking of which, Pelicans, can they beat the Suns? Yeah, nah. Nah, no chance. I'll talk about that later in the preview, but I think uh, they very much feel like a team that's like, yes, this is going to be our lumps season. We're getting our lumps. CJ McCollum's like, oh, man, I've already got shit tons of lumps. It's like, yeah, but, I mean, come on. Got to get Spindles in there, get Jonas. Off you go. See how they go. Speaking of which, though, are the Blazers the real losers here? Yeah, nah, kind of, yeah, because the Pelicans win tonight. You might remember the CJ McCollum trade. That turns into a fucking shit show for the Blazers because now they've traded McCollum and Larry Nance Jr. for Josh Hart, a 2025 Milwaukee protected first rounder and three second rounders. So if they had have lost today, like if the Pelicans had have lost, the Blazers would have picked up the Pelicans pick, right? If it's between 5 to 14, uh, whatever. They would have been laughing. It's like, sweet, we got another top number one pick. Oh, shit, they won. So the Pelicans now win. They've traded an all-star caliber dude in CJ McCollum and Larry Nance Jr., another really handy top-level role player for a Josh Hart, who's good, a 2025 top four protected pick from the Bucks, who have got... Giannis, Giroux, and Middleton locked up long-term and three second-rounders. That is fucking brutal because they moved on Thomas Sadoransky and Nicky Alexander-Walker for Jingle and Joe Ingles, Elijah Hughes, and a second-rounder. Yeah, the Blazers really screwed the pooch on this re- <laughs> rebuild. <laughs> I'll tell you what, fucking hell. Oh, God. Anyway, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Oh. Have we got enough evidence to shut up everybody about the play? Oh, why we got a playing game? Playing games, whatever. <laughs> the Cavs are forty-four and thirty-eight, and they didn't even make the playoffs because of the playing. <laughs> yeah, because guess what? The Hawks are forty-three and thirty-nine, or whatever the fuck. And like the Nets had a better record, and those teams are in. <laughs> like, if you're good, you should be able to win a game. And uh, you didn't, so I don't know what to tell you there, bruh. It's a uh, bit of a tough one, but at the same time, like, seriously. 
this year was more competitive. Everybody's right there at the pointy end of the actual uh, season. So guess what? When it's more competitive and more intrinsically competitive up and down through a conference, yeah, we shouldn't get shit teams in the playoffs. That's the best part about competition. <laughs> because people are like, oh, well, fucking three years ago, like these shit teams made the playoffs. I'm like, yeah, and guess what? These teams are good. They fought to the end because they have to if they want to make their playoffs. You can't be a shit team and then just sort of make it now. This is a great system. It's not rocket surgery to go, oh, but, you know, the entire season's a play in LeBron. Yeah, it is. And guess what? You have to get through if you want a seven or eight seed. You have to earn it. That's fucking great. Especially people complaining, oh, well, you know, more than half of it make the fucking playoffs anyway. It's like, well, no, they're really going to make it. <laughs> if you're in the bottom half, you have to fight your way into the playoffs. That's fucking great. This is like not particip- participation trophy shit. You've got to win it now. I want fucking expanded playing. You've heard me yell about everyone between 7 through 12 playing in the plan. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, I think... These two games today, everybody loves a fucking sudden death knockout game. They're sick. It's awesome. Got to keep it. Oh, geez. How about Outback Takeouts, though? It's Saturday at Outback, and you know what that means? Full fucking prices on everything, because we've got no specials today. It's fucking Saturday. This is where we make all our money. But it is Easter. So there you go. We'll give you a fucking, what are they called? A bilby. There you go. It's a chalky bilby. Blow that out your ass and eat her up. It's shit chocolate anyway. Only at Outback. Chocolate bilbies. Today's Flame Grill take is... Paul George very clearly got Coco on purpose. So playing pandemic positive P wouldn't have the pressure of a big playing game. Can't fail on the big stage if you're ruled out of playing on the big stage. Just saying. Only at Outback. And another one. The Pelicans and Zion have a difference in opinion uh, whether or not he's healthy enough to play following his foot injury, and Zion is dunking in practice just to make sure he's showing up the Pelicans then gets a team to trade for him. Only at Outback. Spot the lie. Spot the lie. All right, uh, I don't think we'll do any awards or anything today. We'll just, uh, after this break, we'll just go straight through to the playoff previews for all the uh, games and all the series. Sound good? Nice. All right, we'll do that right after... This one. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. I mean, we could do a really brief Australian player watch by just going, oh, yeah, there's Aussies playing literally tomorrow. Because uh, just don't forget, you've got Josh Green going up against Utah. You've got Matty T going up against the Raptors when they play in Philly. Oh, geez. Because, <laughs> you know, otherwise they're not going to. Uh, you've got, obviously, Patty Thrills, Patty Mills, and big Simo Ben Simmons for Brooklyn going up against Boston. And uh, But that's it. That's all we've got remaining because, uh, obviously, Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landau got knocked out on uh, f- Thursday when Coach Popovich decided not to play him and they lost. Makes you think, doesn't it? Not really, Jimmy. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, anyway, a bit of a tough one. Either way, let's do a uh, Patty Mills Game Day Board, Game Day Twitter check-in inspiration board. We're going to rock them, sock them, block them, jock them, Lando one today. 
And it's uh, and I think it's a Pat, Patty, Patty Thrills, Patty Mills one. But rock 'em, sock 'em, block 'em, jam, jock 'em, Landau, just posting photos of the misses, having a good time. Uh, now it's the off season, and Patty Thrills, Patty Mills, absolute legend out there doing the NIB, NIBT. So he's got the Indigenous Basketball Association and their big tournament. And uh, go check that out. It's fucking awesome. Great to see all the kids. Going hammer and tongs in the association that Patty has founded and backed, and it looks incredible. So, love to do whatever I could to help that out too. So good on you, Patty. Love that shit. Right, let's do some game previews, playoff previews. Love it. Playoff previews, playoff previews. That's right, inadvertent bane. Playoff previews, because that's it. It's the playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Let's do it. How do we go today, though? We went two of two. So after a horror run last year with the play-ins, we end up going. I believe four of six. Is that right? Two of four. Yeah, four of six. We went over two on the first day of the plans. We went two of two, two and two. Smashed it. That's bloody good. Love it. So, the playoff series previews. Let's do it. Let's start with the one eight in the east. Which is now locked in. That is obviously Miami versus Atlanta. Three big things about this one. We're going to do three big things about each of these playoff series uh, really quickly. Atlanta, Miami. We've got Trey versus Lowry. Can Lowry and that Miami defense slow down Trey Young from just blowing them apart like he did so many times last year in the playoffs? Number two, can Jimmy Butler step up and actually be the sort of Jimmy Butler game breaker that we know? Or is he going to be trying to fight fucking Eric Spolstra some more? That's a big thing. There's a bit of pressure on Butts just to come out, kick some ass, clear his name a little bit. Especially against this weird Hawks wing rotation, which I talked about going into this game today, where it's just a bit too big for the Cavs. And like, even though Hunter and Gallo didn't exactly shoot the lights out today, it's going to be a bit more of a challenge, I guess, for Miami. But at the same time, Miami's wings, can they step up against the Atlanta wings? But more importantly... It's Alien versus Predator. Hero versus Hurter. We all lose. You got the Ginger Ninja versus the bloke who's most likely in the NBA to try to make out with your girlfriend. Who's going to win that battle? It's going to be Tyler Hero. He's a better player. But if Atlanta can just put on a clamps on Hero a little bit, Miami do fall apart. And Miami need all their big dudes basically firing all at once and to have a couple of their three-point shooters on song. So there is a little bit of a blueprint there to beat Miami. The same time, Miami are really fucking good and their defense could just discombobulate and dismantle Atlanta. So my pick for the series is uh, Miami 4-2, Miami in six. We'll see how we go, but God damn, it's going to be fun. Uh, the second series, we've got Boston, Brooklyn out in the East. Three big things for this. Seth Curry, can he go? Because if he can't, and if he's not going to be effective, Brooklyn are cooked. Um, I actually wrote this in the pickandroll.com.au feature about basically Patty Mills becomes that much more important for the Nets. Is Seth Curry still struggling? Because outside of KD and Kyrie, they just got fuck all shooting. And uh, that's a big thing. So KD and Kyrie, they're fine. Can the other Nets step up? What can you get from Bruce Brown? What can you get from Andre Drummond? Doesn't matter. Because really, are we going to see Ben Simmons? Can he change the complexion of this series if he rocks up halfway through it? Maybe. The other side, the last one, three things. For Boston, it's simply, is this Tatum's time? Is this Tatum and Brown's time? Do they step up and go, that's cool that KD's been awesome for a fucking million years. Guess what? I'm the captain now. 
<laughs> says Tatum to KD. I'm the captain now. And Time Lord, does his uh, presence or non-presence change things too much? But Brooklyn-Boston's going to be great. I've got uh, Boston winning that 4-3. Seven-game series. I just think Brooklyn is just going to be really fucking hard to just put in the dirt. You know? Uh, the three six one Milwaukee Chicago. I've got Milwaukee winning this four one. I think they kill them. So the three big things for this is without Lonzo, is there any chance Chicago can slow them down? Yeah, nah. Uh, Giannis does he average forty or 50, forty and fifteen or fifty and twenty? That's the second one. And uh, I guess the third one is like outside of you know Demar. Like what do they do to sort of goose this Chicago offense? You got Vooch. It's just a great matchup though for Blopez just to go fuck it. I don't care. You've got Patch Williams. You've got Demar Rosen there. You've got a slightly hobbled Zach Levine. I just think Giroux, Middleton, and Co. would just be way too much. And uh, just Giroux just followed Demar Rosen around all series, just ruin his shit, because I reckon he does. Anyway, Milwaukee 4-1. And the last one, 4-5 in the East, is Philly-Toronto. I've got Philly winning this 4-2 and a bit of a surprise one where they actually dominate. I think the Raptors are the most dangerous of the other teams, though. But I think Embiid being able to dominate the Raps bigs, that's going to be, if he can do it to a tune where it's like actually devastating, Sixers can win this one pretty easily. Because the Raptors wings, this is the second one, they're covering Harden, Maxi, and Harris. And that's 100% advantage Toronto. But with big Dick Ken Birch, Chris Bobby Boucher, Scotty Barnes trying to like slow down Embiid, it's just a bit of a rough one. Precious, oof. Because the Raptors, I think they're going to go as Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam go, right? The OG Ananobi, sure. But if Fred Van Vliet and Siakam can mix it up, the Raptors will have a chance. I just think Embiid will be a bit too good. And between Harden, Maxi, Harris, some of that bench shooting might just be a little too much. So I'm going to go Sixers 4-2. Out the West, we've got Phoenix, New Orleans. Three big things for Phoenix. This is going to be a sweep or five games. What do you reckon? All four games in this series during the season is a you know over twelve point deficit. Uh, Phoenix won at three one. Pelicans need D needs to step up, but it feels like the Suns defense is going to shut them down, right? Yeah. And the last one is Zion question mark. <laughs> Phoenix are going to demolish them. My pick is Phoenix in five. Uh, the one two seven in the West. That's Memphis Minnesota. I've got Memphis winning this four two. It seems like it should be the battle. The three big things about this are pretty easy. Battle of the backcourts. You got Jar and Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks versus D'Lo, Ant-Man and Malik Beasley. And then you got the battle of the bigs. You got Triple J and Steven Adams versus big Carl Anthony Towns, Jared Vanderbilt and co. I just feel like the advantages on both sides, it goes with the Grizzlies, right? And then, of course, Jar, 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 Jar. What's his effectiveness coming back from his injury, especially against D'Lo and Ant-Man and stuff? He could take over this series and just obliterate the Wolves. I'm going the Grizzlies pretty handily 4-2. Yeah. Uh, what have we got? 3-6 in the West is Golden State Denver. Steph's effectiveness after so much time off is going to be the big question mark initially. Uh, how much can Joker dominate? Draymond and Kevon Looney, etc. Doesn't make that much of a difference because is Joker supporting cast going to step up? It doesn't look like we're going to get Jam and Jamal Murray. We've already got no Michael Porter Jr. We know that. I think it's Golden State pretty easily in this 4-1. Which is pretty crazy because I would have thought that Denver, with the Joker, who's probably going to win a, another MVP here, you'd think they'd sort of put a bit more pressure on them. I just think on the perimeter between Steph, Clay, Wigo, Poole and Co, they'll just have too many weapons. 
So give me Golden State. And that's kind of it. Like, kind of in five. It's pretty crazy. And then finally, Dallas-Utah, the last one, 4-5, which ironically is the first game. Obviously, the big thing about this one is Lucas' health. Uh, if he misses the first two, can Dallas sneak out a win in either of those and then wait for Luka to come back? <laughs> Tough. Uh, Donnie Mitchell, his ability to dictate a playoff series. We've seen it before. He and Jam and Jamal Murray going back and forth. Love that sort of stuff. But can he do it against a weird Dallas team that can throw a lot of different looks at him? And Rudy Gobez, this Stafford Tower versus the small bigs of Dallas. What can Rudy give you? Can he dominate on defense or are they just going to stretch him out? Feels like it's going to be a lot of stretching, but I think Utah would be a bit too good. If Luka misses the first two games, I think I've got to take Utah in six, maybe even five. So the picks for tomorrow and Monday. Sunday, we've got Utah-Dallas at 3 a.m. The Mavs are five-and-a-half-point underdogs. I'm taking Dallas plus five-and-a-half, which seems counterintuitive to what I was just talking about, but they know that they don't have Luka. They're at home. I think they can cover, if not win this one outright. So give me Dallas in that. Minnesota at Memphis, 5.30 a.m. I'm taking Memphis minus 6.5. We know these games are going to be close. I think Memphis is going to be hype as fuck for the first one. Minnesota coming off their play-in game. I think the Grizzlies will be ready and raring, and I think the Grizzlies smash them. So give me minus 6.5 for the Grizz. But then that uh, after that, though, that series is going to get hairy. Toronto at Philly. I'm taking the Raptors plus 4.5 in Philly, despite everything I just said. Philly will have Matty T in this game, obviously. I think the Raptors make this close. I think Philly still win. But I think the Raptors cover the four and a half points there. And the same thing goes for the last game. So that's at 8 a.m. And then you've got the 11 a.m. I think Golden State, Denver. Might be 11.30, sorry. Uh, Golden State hosting Denver. I'm taking the Nuggets plus six and a half in that one because I think Joker's going to be good to great. And they fight and fight and fight. But the Warriors get a win. But it's by five or six. And Denver cover the six and a half point spread. I just think it's like a weird matchup like for Denver and for Golden State, but I think Golden State have the better options to uh, dictate that series. Monday, we've got Atlanta at Miami. I think that's a 3 a.m. game. Uh, traditionally, like the weird eight seeds coming off, you know, a play in here. Uh, last year, I think they both covered. So I'm going to go this plus six and a half for Atlanta. I know that they're going to, like, they're just going to be weird for Miami to play straight off. Miami with a bit of a rest, that'll be good for them, but... I think my Atlanta can cover. They might lose, but they uh, will cover the plus six and a half. Boston, four and a half point favorites against Brooklyn on Monday. That's at 5.30 in the morning. I'm going to go Boston. I think uh, they absolutely hand the Nets' asses to them, and everyone's like, wait, are Boston actually the best team in the NBA? Chicago, they get a Milwaukee. I just mentioned that they're probably going to get swept, but I think Chicago cover the plus ten and a half point spread. Jeez. That's insane, isn't it? So give me the uh, Bulls plus 10.5. The Bucks will win. But Chicago will cover that. And then Phoenix, New Orleans. Uh, I don't know if we had a line for this yet. I'll just quickly check. That's the uh, magic of the internet. I can check to see if there's one already. And here we go. 10.5. point favorites of the Suns. That can't be right, can it? That seems like far too much. Uh, but either way, if it is, I would probably take the Pelicans to cover the 10.5 because I think they lose that one by, let's say, 8 or 9, and uh, but cover that 10.5. Jeez, that is chaos, isn't it? Yeah, 10.5. Those last two games on Monday morning, apparently it's going to be a big blowout, man. Uh, I'm going to take, yeah, I'll take both of them to cover, actually. I actually feel better about the Pelicans covering the 10.5 than I do Chicago against the Bucks. <laughs> nice one. All right, so there you go. That's all the playoff series preview. That's all the games for tomorrow and Monday. The f- all the game ones, all eight game ones 
Cannot wait. It's playoffs. Let's get into it. Absolutely stoked. And there you go. That's a Saturday NBA Australia for you. So no skid or anything at the end of this one. Uh, we'll just fuck off and uh, get down to the beach for a quick walk and hang out <laughs> with my family. <laughs> nice. So we'll be back on Monday. Easter Monday. And in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey, IG. Go check out the article I wrote for pickandroll.com.au over at pickandroll.com.au. They're awesome. Love them. They do a great job. NFL Australia, myself and Gaz chopping it up about NFL gear. We'll actually have an off-season show coming up pretty soon. Check that out. Adam with World Wrestling Australia over on YouTube. NBAstraya.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Check us a rating review on your podcast app. Get around Noble. Download the Noble app. Bang in the code Australia. You'll get 20% off. Big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band House Hats. They're awesome. And big thanks always go to Joshua DeLaurentis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Section, I Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Face Apple Music, Spotify, whatever you do. NBA Australia supports Australian bands. So should you. What are you doing? All right. And we'll uh, catch you on Monday, you dickheads. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I know I will. Let's get on the tins. Jesus died for our tins. <laughs> all right. Talk to you on Monday. Is NBA Australia saying let us in the worst of uh, playoffs don't talk about playoffs you kidding me playoffs <laughs> <laughs>